the great salvation. Hallelujah. And I'm taking of Hebrews chapter number 2. Then I'm going to be reading from verse 1 to 4. There are a few things I want you to understand from this morning. Hebrews 2 verse number 1. Therefore we ought to give more enemies which we have had. Lest at any time we can sleep. The things which we have had. Lest at any time we let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, every transgression and disobedience received, a just recompense of reward. Escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at a force began to be spoken by the Lord, confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing the witness, but with signs and wonders, and gift of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Hallelujah. First of all, I want you to see something here. The scripture says, Therefore, it's like it began with, Therefore, we ought to. And that means if you truly want to pick it very properly, you're going to start from chapter 1. However, I won't be going into that. But he said, Therefore, we ought to give more energy to the things which are. Now, the last two verses of Hebrews 1 will show you something as well. Let's look at it. Hebrews 1, 13 to 14. Hebrews 1, 13 to 14. But of which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand, until I make thy enemies thy fools too? Are they not all ministering sent for the means of them who shall be heirs of salvation? Hallelujah. Now, if you watch this, so after I said that, angels to those who shall be heirs of salvation, it's coming down to say, therefore, we need to give heed to he who is speaking to us today. And if you look at any contents, he's trying to compare what happened in the Old Testament to the New. Hallelujah. And there are some things I really want you to note. Angels are ministering spirit. Now, if you look at Galatians 3, verse 19, the Bible tells us something there. Galatians 3, 19. It says, Wherefore, severed the law. It was added because of transgressions. To the seed you come to whom the promises was made. And it was ordained by his Peter. Hallelujah. And I told you some time past that basically one of the reasons people worship angels was a common belief that angels actually brought for the law and gave it to Moses. So custody, and if you will, of the law. Hallelujah. But then, here, is telling us in the book of Hebrews 1 that basically the functions of the angels were supposed to be ministering spirit. To tie us up until actually long for comes. Hallelujah. That means God has ordained some things that even in the Old Testament were 
basically a picture of that which God intends to do through you and I. Remembering the prophet of old be the salvation we are talking about today. There is something very interesting in this passage to me. Uh, if you go, therefore, we ought to give more earnestly to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was satisfied by angels, means the law given by angels was so satisfied. What I mean is that it was stable. What I mean is by even what the Lord says, you got results. What I mean is this, the laws stand to say what he says and I can accomplish what he says it will accomplish. For instance, the law is there to say if you see you will die and definitely you will die. The Bible says it's steadfast. In other words, it can achieve. Are you there? And every transgression and disobedience receive a just reward. By implication, your response to the law will either produce a positive or a negative result. I want you to keep this thing. In other words, a faithful man in the law as a dead could get results. Okay, think about it this way. The law said you will never be but the head if you obey my words. And we know that we're people in every situation or every nation as the case may be. You find the Israelites at that time but the head. Why? Because they were operating the law. Is that okay? Now here the Bible is saying the law is steadfast. So it's trying to prove to you that the Lord can produce. It can produce. It by it. Now, the comparison is fine. If you're done with the law and think about what happened in the law time, men were not even feeble in the wilderness. Men were not sick in the wilderness. There was no lack with men in the wilderness. They had the law. The law steadfast. It was producing. For those who walked with the law, they got results. Hallelujah. But yet the Bible is saying, all of those things were put in place and preserving those who were supposed to be the heirs of salvation. Even though the law was producing, there were still a people that would come into something great or great salvation. In other words, there was a salvation for these people, but there is a great salvation for us today. Now, for every of these dimension of salvation that God is producing, it goes with the voice and it goes with the law. Are you getting this? Okay, you need to follow what I'm talking about because it's very simple. When Israel left Egypt, that was salvation. They were saved from bondage. They were saved from corruption. They were saved from corruptions to them. Is that okay? And they walked out of freedom. And anytime God is taking me, Father. Anytime God is taking you out of a season, he gives you a promise. That's interesting. God doesn't save you without a promise. Because the promise is given to you is the anchor of your soul. Are you getting And so when they were living in Israel, he promised them Canaan. They have to walk to Canaan. That was a promise. That was their target. You can't get out of the world without a promise. He has a promise for you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, when you look at verse 2 again, for if the word spoken by angel was a set fire and every transgression and receive a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect 
so great salvation, which at the first time began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Now, can we look at this? When did God start speaking about this great salvation? All spoken by the Lord. So this great salvation we're talking about was first spoken by who? By Jesus himself. Okay. Maybe we need to take a look at where he began his ministry. That may give us a clue. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Hallelujah. In Mark chapter 1 verse number 14. Now after that John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee. Preaching the gospel of what? Hallelujah. Amen. Now if you look at that scripture. It said Jesus began it. And those who had him also spoke about it. Now, the salvation is wrapped up in God's kingdom. Salvation is wrapped up in God's kingdom. Okay, now look at again Luke chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. He said, It was first spoken by the Lord and those that heard him. And when they went around doing and making proclamation of this great salvation, signs and wonders and miracles following as he wills. Okay, let's get on to Luke chapter verse number 1 and 2. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us even as they'll deliver them unto us. Can you see this? Who are the they? Now Luke is writing. Luke is writing not necessarily among the twelve in that sense. And those who got this witness, they say this, but I came into the scene. I'm also going to make known to you my own perception of what I've got to know about what they were declaring. But who declared it first? And then who had it again? The disciples. And what did they do? They went on declaring the same thing that the Lord declared. But it came first. The kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So as, in verse 2, even as the Lord which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of what? Of the word. Okay. So now you see that the word is directly wrapped up. I mean, the great salvation is wrapped up in the word. Producing, if you will, a kingdom. Which is God's kingdom. Is anybody getting this? When God gave them laws... Kingdom. Hallelujah. Now I want you to understand this. Thank you, Father. There is always, first of all, a before a constitution or laws. There is always a nation before a constitution. Understand what I'm trying to say now. God first has a family in Eden, then a constitution. Thou shalt not. God had a kingdom. Then the constitution, the Ten Commandments. They're getting this. By implication, when God sets up the family, which automatically becomes his rules, and he that walks with this rule is called salvation. Now, listen very closely. I'm not dealing with you signing a card and believing the Lord and confess with you. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about what you begin to experience as an heir. Because salvation is our is eldership. Heirs of salvation. Hallelujah. 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? I want you to come to that place where you can know that you didn't just move into another religious thing, but you move into a realm of kingdom. That time it was proclaimed, was proclaimed by the Lord Himself, and the eyewitness of those who had Him proclaiming it. And there are benefits that goes with those who belong to that kingdom. And it's called an experience of great salvation, as compared to the salvation that was in the beginning, if I may use the word, which has to do with the false testament. Listen to this. Salvation is a Greek word which means soteria. Soteria means a rescue or safety, physically or morally. It means deliver, it means help, salvation. It means to save or save it. Now, salvation properly called, if you will, one, is because it is brought, it brought such an abundance of heavenly light into the world. Great salvation. There was salvation from the Israeli, I mean, uh, the Egyptian bondage, which God brought the people out from. They brought them out of Egypt. That was salvation. Okay. Well, it's making us to understand we're talking about great salvation. It has to do, why is it great salvation in relation to the kingdom of God? The gospel of Jesus, which he proclaimed, brought great light to humanity. Are you still there? It means if you are one of those who are supposed to experience about your understanding about life must be transformed. Hallelujah. It means to be delivered. It means to be hurt. So the great salvation purchased for you is that you are bound to be healthy. Glory to God. Stay there with me. I'll be healthy. It is part of the package of salvation. That we are not supposed to be sick. We are not supposed. We are not supposed to be weak. Glory to God. You must come into this experience of knowing that you have been set free from such infirmities and weaknesses and diseases. Glory to God. Let's get up on this life for this. I do. Hallelujah. Amen. So, great salvation is what I'm discussing here because it brought such an, or, I mean, abundance of heavenly light into the world. Number two, it saves or delivers men from the kingdom of darkness, ignorance, error, superstition, and idolatry. Great salvation is what I'm talking about. What a kingdom light brings. Now, idolatry is no. Hallelujah. Idolatry comes in various forms and in different dimensions. You become an idolater by holding too strongly to the things that God Himself is detesting. Whatever you worship in the strongest form, outside of the desires of God's mind, is idolatry. Hallelujah. Paul was right, and I'm thinking about him. That's what too, I'm sure. It's all things I experience. What I mean is all things are necessary. Hallelujah. But he said, I will not be brought under the power of any. Is that okay? That means, let me explain something to you. 
You can fall into bondage by the so much, but yet does not exalt. And Are you see that? So now let me, let me explain something to you. And some of you need, very soon you're going to be delivered now. Some of you need to be delivered from food. Hallelujah. I, I used to have a friend and I, in meetings, he said, hey, David, food is my hobby. I mean, the first time I had a guy say food is his hobby. You know what hobby means? It's something you can do regularly and you have a passion for. Now, food is his hobby. But some of us need to be delivered from food. Because food is becoming a power. Now, sometimes you don't have food, your thinking is not right. Hallelujah. He says, or delivered men from the kingdom of darkness, error, superstition, and idolatry. Now, if your past is still holding on to you, it can equally call that superstitious belief. Praise the living God. Distance that our past can no longer hold us bound. There are some belief systems that have been there before. How many of you know, like in my place, sometimes? You're walking on the road and you see a red piece of cloth or something. You have to pass another place. Does that happen in your places? Hallelujah. You see a tread on the road, especially if it's a red tread, you may not pass that way anymore. What has the red, red tread got to do? I mean, when you see a red cloth on a tree, you can pull it off from red trees. I mean, red cloth tied to the trees. Sometimes this, they have no power of their own. They only prevent you from entering to pluck those trees that are not of God. Superstitious belief is part of the thing that God actually has come to deliver you from. Part of the package of the great salvation is what I'm still looking at here. Number three, it provides all the requisite means to free them or free men from the power, guilt, and contamination of sin. Various shapes and manners. Is that okay? If you want to go by a simple definition of missing the mark, it's a straightforward thing. If you cannot do that which is right or righteous, equally becomes sin. In fact, the Bible says all unrighteousness is sin. Okay. Now, sometimes we begin to wonder what is unrighteousness then that becomes sin. Do you know that there is a manner you greet it is sinful? Hallelujah. Tell us that what do you do? To produce edification. Is that all right? It's a very simple way. Very simple way. There's a way you greet people. It could be very insulted. It can dampen their morals. It can set them apart from being whole to God. Righteousness is sin. Attitude. Conduct. Very important to understand this. Hallelujah. There is a way you pray, it could be sinful. Do you know that? No. The Bible tells us, maybe you don't know, that when you wake up in the morning, you're praying loudly about your neighbor. Hey, God bless Jay. That is how it becomes sinful. You are praying, but it's sin. For him to know that you are praying for him. Is it necessary? Hallelujah. When you do not, listen closely, when you do not honor those who are supposed to be honored, it is sinful. But that's a breach of consecrity. 
It is sinful. Hallelujah. That's like fathers or husbands love your wife. Fathers don't provoke children, obey your parents. Servants obey those who have the lordship over you, even though Christ is our Lord. These are instructions, these are simple orders. That will, otherwise, they become unrighteousness. Hallelujah. They become sinful. Number four. For saving all mankind, unlike the Jewish order. The Jewish order, remember I'm talking about great salvation. The Jewish order was basically meant to bring the children of Egypt. Simple. Is that alright? But here God is extending this to all mankind. And that is why even your gospel should not be limited to an ethnic setting. It should be something with a broad-mindedness because God's approach is the entire universe. Hallelujah. It is the gospel, the substance of the Jewish religion. What I mean is, if the shadow, the Old Testament seems to be a kind of shadow of the new, is that okay? Now, if the shadow can produce divine health, if the shadow can produce words, if the shadow can produce understanding, if the shadow can produce wisdom, if the shadow can make even Solomon to be the wealthiest man, the wisest man, how much said is the greater? Are you still there with me? I want you to consider what God has done. On the face of the earth, all God's children, wherever there was a child of God in the Old Testament, that is where God's light was beaming from. A few weeks ago, the longest ruling dynasty in Egypt was that of who? Joseph. All of the kings, 40, 50, but Joseph was there for 70 good years. He was still a king. He was there controlling the system. 70 good years. Are you still there with me? And that is the kind of thing God intends, people of God. That is why I don't see you dying too early. Why? Because you must produce light and life amongst the people that you are looking Why would the Bible call you the light of the world? Why would you be the salt of the earth? That means wherever you find yourself, play light. You are so what? The salt. What does that mean? You preserving the atmosphere. You preserving the people. You are not only giving the wisdom to come out of everything. You are also giving a light and light, preserving them. Salt is meant to preserve, not just only taste. And and of course, those in the kitchen, you understand that. You sprinkle your fish with with salt and put it in the sun. If you use two things to preserve, you can put salt and put it in the light. The sun will heat it. And then the whole corruption goes out. That means you are not just light, you are also salt. That means wherever you find yourself, you preserve the people you come in contact with. People are not meant to corrupt you. You are meant to take corruption out of the people. That's why God sent you here. Hallelujah. You are meant to preserve lives. Lives. You are light out. And if these two things come together, everything is out. Glory to God. So I see you going out there and becoming the light and God intends you to be.
you be light and salt them on yourself. Remember we say, say, have salt in yourself. That means by implication, you must become, you must become a within your being. I mentioned that it's not only people that influence you, but even your own life, you should be sweet. Tasty. Hallelujah. The Old Testament deals with the outward man, but the new, which is a greater thing, deals with the inward man. Hallelujah. You know, everything was external. Everything, the laws were external. They were in tablets of stone. But now God there in our hearts. Eternal realities. That is why wherever you find yourself, people of God, I want to make you understand it. You are actually the light of this. You may not, I'm not saying put it down, you may not necessarily be carrying any book along the off. Men are supposed to be coming around you. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Hey, anywhere. You see, Paul will say we are the fragrance of the Lord. The perfume of God. Wherever we find ourselves. Directly connected, apart from the glory that comes into your life and what God is doing within your being, it also has to do with character amongst men. Do you know that? Except there's an inner working from within. Temperament is still what it used to be. You have not tasted the salvation we're talking about. And you cannot be an influence in this world. Hallelujah. There has to be a transformation. There has to be a renewing of your thoughts, of your attitude. Hallelujah. I made it clear to you, was it Wednesday? Listen to me. You must understand that it was not the lion that opened the seventh seal. It was the lamb of God. Is that okay with you? So, lion, if you are among those like the 70 elders, 24 elders were crying about, open the book. But they say, no, the lion, I mean the lamb, have prevailed to open the book. Only be open. You know the word? The treasures of life sealed up with you can only be brought forth with the spirit of humility and meekness. You are a sealed book. There are so many things in your life which men cannot see now, which even yourself cannot see. Hallelujah. But the land quality of God can avail them. So don't tell me you are into whatever kingdom of God and so much pride in your life, so much arrogance in your life. You can open up the treasure that God has laid up within you. They can never be opened. The lion can open them. It takes the lion to open them. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay. The great salvation is not a realm for temporary joy or happiness. It's not temporary. Listen, it's something that so many of us have not tapped into. Every so often we see ourselves broken down, see ourselves in sorrow, we see ourselves in tears. We have not yet been able to satisfy. Remember what Jesus said. I came that you may have life and to have it more abundantly. It's in comparison, if you will, to the old order. There was life there for the children of Israel, but this is an abundant life. And he said, he joined to you. It is the joy that no man can do what? Man can take. 
That simply means even circumstance cannot take the joy that is. So it's not the realm of temporary happiness. The great salvation I'm talking about is not for temporary happiness. You're happy today, tomorrow you're down. You're happy today, tomorrow your face is like this. You're happy today, you greet very well today. The next day you don't greet. No, 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 no. That's not part of salvation I'm talking about. It's the realm of joy. It's the realm of happiness. Hallelujah. And God will walk it out from within your inner man. There is something that will be flowing that your circumstance cannot speak to you about. Tell you the truth. Circumstance cannot speak. There is that stability on your inside because God is out there. The king himself is reigning from within. That tells you that we still need to stretch our faith to enter where God really wants us to be. Praise the living God. We must stretch our faith to move into this great salvation that God has provided. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Moses administered a former Jesus administering this one. Now, who is administering this one? Jesus himself, the creator himself. It's not just a man. It's not just another priest. It is himself. And he will be sure that everything he intended must be. Is the creator himself who is the governor? Is the creator himself now who is administering this great salvation I'm talking about? Is the creator himself who is the, the administrator, the king of this thing who dispense what is given? Listen to me. Moses blessed the people. Now I'm talking about the creator. Now can you imagine Moses proclaimed about the life of about the life of Reuben? That when his father calls him. He could reverse that order because he was standing before God. Now tell me, how will that be if God Hallelujah. If man can bless the people and transformation, what about when God blesses you? The great salvation I'm talking about. That's why we must walk at ease and at peace. We must come to the place of rest. That's why creation must work for us because every creation responds to the creator's voice. Are you still there with me? There is nothing in creation that does not respond to the Creator's voice. Anytime He speaks a word, creation will respond to whatever thing He says. And God is speaking on your behalf. God is rebuking some behalf. He's rebuking kings on your behalf. He's rebuking devils on your behalf. I'm telling you the truth. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Hallelujah. God is for you. So who can be against you? He is for you. He has you. I'm telling you the truth. That is why his compassion does not fail. His mercies and grace are renewed every morning. He wants to see you through. He is the one administering. Not Sicknesses must be away from your homes. God is speaking. And he's speaking against anything that will rob you of your joy. That will rob you of your glory. That will rob you of your intentions, which are good before him. And every promise he has made, he will fulfill it. Hallelujah. Because he's not a man that he shall lie. Are you? <laughs> How shall we then escape? And from what? Say, how can we escape if I'm a 
And if we do, how can we escape? So in other words, what are we supposed to escape from? In other words, when the children of Israel left Egypt, they escaped from something. Did you get that? They do not only escape from the law, they also escape from the hands of the Egyptians. They escape from all those who are trying to terrify them on the way. They continue to escape. And the Bible talks about him making a way of escape. Did he say so? Escape me from poverty. Let me tell you, nobody must escape from poverty. Hallelujah. And, and what am I trying to say? In this order, poverty. Because I'm trying to imagine if the children of Israel were so wonderfully blessed. Can you imagine Jeshurun? The Bible says even the rocks were producing oil. For him, the rocks were producing oil. Can you imagine that? Glory to God. <laughs> Abraham was so great. Mightily great. How many of us here have servants already? We don't have one yet. Not even a housemaid. But can you imagine the servants at the house of, of, of Abraham? Even as at that time. Because God called him and God blessed him. God prospered him. God made him great and gave him a name. Poverty. And how do you come into escaping? Obeying what the new order says. Who could escape then? Followed whatever thing the law says. You want to escape poverty? Follow simple instruction. Follow simple instruction about giving. Follow simple instruction about sowing seed to Follow simple instruction. This is your way of escape, people of God. There is no magic to be prosperous in God. And some of you, you will struggle to overcome poverty, but you see, there's a place for easy walk. You can walk out of poverty. You can escape out of poverty by the war that comes. The kingdom message, the kingdom what the reality. Hallelujah. If you look at the scripture, sometimes you get confused, you know. The Bible tells us, as long as earth remains, seed and harvest shall not cease. Did he say so? And it goes further to begin to say, even the sparrows, they don't, they don't reap, but God feed them. What is he trying to tell you? He's trying to tell you, listen to me. I am taking care of them. I can take. And if you follow even the simple principle of sowing, I can do more. Because sparrows that doesn't feed, I feed them. But I have given the law. As long as the earth remains, sun, sun, and moon, and seed, and harvest, shall not sit. Even as I care for sparrows, who does not know what it means to sow, I will do more. Because I'm acting like their father. And I'm going to do greater things in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> and he went for that to say, there is no sparrow to go to the ground without the consent of God. In other words, there is no house marked a young man with catapult will be or the hunter with good marksman that will get a sparrow except God permits it. And he said, you are much more. Oh, come on, help me here. You are much more. The many sparrows put together. If God can spend his time to watch over one sparrow, how much for you? So in terms of protection, God is watching this sparrow. In terms of provision, God is watching this sparrow. How much? 
Hallelujah. What shall we escape? And we must escape from sickness. We must escape from ignorance, etc. We should be able to escape from those things. These are part of what the kingdom message is providing for. Glory to God. When you look at the word, let them sleep. When he say, don't let the word sleep. The Greek word means to run out as a leaking vessel. And that, in other words, you receive this word and then it leaks out of you. So when he said, don't let them sleep, in other words, there is a way to receive it leaks out of your life and it doesn't produce results. Leaking vessels. So we have so many leaking vessels in the church. And that is why we can't get to the place we are supposed to be. And we think God is not able to do what he says or he promises to do. No, God is much more than God is fulfilled every promise and every word he has ever made. Hallelujah. You must not be a leaking vessel. I say you must not be a leaking Remember what he said. You could not escape by reason of what they were told. You too. In other words, you can still be trapped by your old man, by your old system, by your old order, because you're a leaking vessel. You hear words spoken. Our family should love one another. But you see, see people in family, not dead, they should leave leaking vessels. Hallelujah. And God can only bind himself to his word. He doesn't bind himself to your thinking. Doesn't bind it to how you think how fantastic it is to you. He doesn't bind himself. He's not obligated to anything but his word. Hallelujah. And he said, let at any time this one sleep. Peradventure, adventure. Let at any time. Happily. Not at all. Whether or not. Meaning... We must keep the word as a focus to be able to get the benefits. Don't let it slip. Don't be a leaking vessel in any situation, in any circumstance. Okay, now you are sick. What did the word of God say? Don't let the word sleep. Glory to God. Here is poverty. What did the word of God say? Don't be a leaking vessel. And the world on your ears build up, supposed to well up, supposed to show up, and supposed to flow out. But like I told you a few weeks ago, you can't speak what is not cherished and nourished in your heart. Fruit is a product of the heart. Not a product of the mind. Fruit is a product of the heart. Because whatever comes into your mind must take residence where? In your heart. Then it produces fruit. In God. I just pray somebody get understanding this money. The world and the realm God has called us into is mighty. It's not the realm of sickness. I'm talking about great salvation. I want you to connect to the old and see how the people of the old lived and how God intends you to live today. God. And I see also that your shoes will not be one place in them. Some of you have shoes that are crying. <laughs> they are not even fit for going to the jungles but you still use them for office work no, your shoes will not get worn out because your shoes were not worn out that means in your own context there will be a need and there is a provision to have them replaced am I speaking to somebody here? somebody touching his shoes, don't worry you are going to change it very soon 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Can you imagine that even the Old Testament, let me tell you something, the Bible tells us that when they go and harvest the old ones in the Bible, that means your account will never be in the red. Now, I want you to understand what I'm saying. The convener will produce in such a way that when they go and have the old one, sometimes or even the previous year will still be there. But here is your account. It's always in the red. But the hour has come. Amen. Your account will never be in the red anymore. Amen. Because we got the great salvation. Yes, sir. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. To tell the bankers to print your bank statement for you anymore. Amen. From today. Not where I'm looking for a case, but there's nothing in that account. Something must be there. I see your account reading something good. Because when I'm telling you, as long as you operate kingdom principles, I know this one was driving one car for 10 years. That must be a thing of the past. I'm not against mechanics, but they should not be eating far from us all the time. Glory to God. If you know how some vehicles will literally drain your account. Because that's part of what I'm talking about. I can't go up stable. And no matter I spend on my vehicle, it's crazy. Oh, the divider is not far. It could be on your four wheels. <laughs> Glory to God. Vehicle. Not any devil. The tires are gone. The bolts are gone. The oil is not working. It's not the devil. The vehicle and the devil have disappeared. This is a new order. Am I talking to somebody here? This must change. Great salvation. Praise the living God. What situation where you look at? Oh, what do you want? What people call you on the phone? Don't get angry. They will need help. But when you're counting the red, say this one called again. There's nothing wrong. They have to call you. Hallelujah. You won't get angry because you got a phone call from somebody who need help. You are blessed and you may be a blessing to other people. That is the place to be. The place to beg. The place to bless. Huh? Yes, sir. The place to bless, not the place to beg. So I'll beg him more seats. I'm talking of a new order. Huh? You need your head to live and enjoy your money. That's why sickness cannot come neither dwelling. You see, how can the Bible say the wealth of the wicked, the living of the righteous, and the righteous are sick? How can they enjoy it? One of the things that qualifies you to live a good and healthy life because you are a righteous man. Because you are a righteous man. And the season is now. Listen, when I look at the Old Testament, I see the way the people live. Maxwell, I get mad. I say, what is this? I can say only a few Christians can measure up to half of the people in those days. Hallelujah. For them, that nobody could be against them. Except they miss the word. So much for them. And that God is boasting so much about you and for you. Because we are in a great salvation. And we have escaped and we are escaping from ignorance, from foolishness, from death. 
So it's a slave to the lender. Great salvation making not to escape. And that calls for prudent financial management. Because God cannot abundantly bless you. And you begin to carry the blessings of God. And so, listen, I was speaking, I told you about him in South Africa. He called me and said, I want to bless you before you go back to Nigeria. And let me tell you something. I don't pay tight on what I get. I pay tight on what I want to get. If I need 20 million, I pay the tight now. And I get my 20 million. So that's where I operate. That guy has about six cars in his compound. I'm not talking of, I'm talking of dangerous cars. You know what I want? When he comes out, he doesn't know the one to drive. He said, I don't pay tight on what I get. I pay tight on what I want to get. And so in your life, I'm going to sway a city about Nigeria. I mean, these are people who are financially mad. They know what they are doing. That's the guy I was in his parlor. Crazy people. He said, man, I, I know what it means. I know. I know how to talk to God about that. People, and you are one of the soils. Guidance. Say, this is part of yours. Say, I man in that hotel and bring him to my house. I don't want, say, man of God, he can't stay in the hotel. Big hotel, mighty new hotel that this guy paid for a guy from Australia. He went there from Malaysia. He went there, collected him, say, come and stay in my house. Can you man of God stay in the hotel? There's a house here for you to stay. Let all the things in your life begin to flow in this house. Brought him. Money has said, hey man, I paid so much for that hotel. He didn't know when he went to collect the money. <laughs> took him out of the hotel, took him to his house. So he said, I don't care what they're going to give to him. Before I get back to Malaysia, I'll bless him. He said, I'm still telling you, David, I don't pay tight on what I get. I pay tight on what I want to get. So anybody can argue that. It makes no difference. That's my life. And it's working. That's true. You're talking about proving God. How do you prove God? You prove God through this means. That is how he said prove him. When he said prove, he doesn't say prove him by my word. Prove him in this regard. Prove me in money. Oh. I just told you. you know, don't do it this way. And I'm getting the results. It changed my mind about giving. I don't give callously, aggressively, but to a specific source that I know God himself ordains that result will come from. Why did I say that? Because the Bible tells me that shall not cast precious things on swine. They say swine, but nothing comes. But poverty is dead. Break the barrier of Mr. Poverty. Come on, shout hallelujah. And I know what I'm talking about. Because every day the Lord is giving you an understanding. We are in a great salvation. Greater than those ones that were written down. Greater. Are you still there with me? And your past years is for the Old Testament. Now you are in the New Testament. And who is proclaiming this God himself?